We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Saturday rolling along, sundown. It is 5.07 here at News Talk, E3O, WCCO. I will talk Golden Gopher Sports this hour. We'll talk Timberwolves. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the scoreboard. Really a relatively light day on the local sports scene. And then I'm going to get out of here and call a little girls hockey tonight on cable TV here in the northwest suburbs, CCX and QC TV. It'll be Maple Grove at Champlin Park, Coon Rapids from the Forum in Champlin. So I don't have very far to drive. To call that game, drop the puck at 7 o'clock tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. So, busy day, a little radio, a little cable TV tonight, girls hockey, looking forward to it. Uh, right now, we're going to be uh, talking Golden Gopher Sports. Andy Greeter joins us from the Pioneer Press. And, Andy, we're in that final exam, holiday break, uh, over at the U. But uh, there's still some news over there. I hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great, Steve. It's nice to have a, uh, have a weekend off and, and kind of chill out before – uh, bowl season comes around. Yeah, bowl season, and then of course uh, uh, a big surprise in the Golden Gopher men's basketball team as well. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. But uh, PJ Fleck got some good news on the recruiting front. It seems like they've won some of those battles, and and I don't think the average fan has any idea how competitive this is and what a cutthroat world recruiting is. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think uh, uh, you just look at some of the best players in this class, like Anthony Smith, a defensive end from Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, they were able to win a recruiting battle over Penn State, and Penn State had a had a top-ten class. Uh, so they were able to get him over to Minnesota and out of Pennsylvania, which is a, a pretty big get. Jacob Knuth, the quarterback that they got out of South Dakota, uh, had an Iowa offer, uh, visited uh, Kansas State last weekend, and he stayed true to the Gophers. So imagine spending, you know, six, eight months, a year plus recruiting a guy. And then the last weekend before signing day, they're on an official visit at another power five school in the big 12. It's got to be incredibly nerve wracking to try to get these over the finish line. Uh, There are some uh, kind of mixed results in this class though. I mean, I don't think that this is by far, as far as recruiting rankings go, PJ Fleck's best class. It's in the forties. Last time I checked in the fluctuating season, standings or, or rankings uh, the Gophers are the 10th best class in the Big Ten so they have some wins they're hoping to develop some other guys and round it out to be a class that that keeps the level of where this program is and where they want to go uh, growing yeah and you know Andy it, it was funny I, I, I talked with a reporter 
from the Fargo Forum who covers NDSU football, Jeff Kolpak, and we we kind of got into the, the history of NDSU and their rise to prominence in FCS. And I know it's FCS, but they've dominated. Yeah. They're headed for their ninth title game. And, and he talked about the fact that they, they've been able to find diamonds in the rough and develop players and get them in the weight room and that same old story that – you know, going out and, and finding football players, you, you're, you're not going to go toe-to-toe with Ohio State or Alabama for the five stars, but if, if you find those kids that are football players and hard workers, you, you can build something, and that's got to be the hope of a program like Minnesota still in, in what P.J. Flex trying to build. Yeah, I think there's a great example out of Wisconsin and Ashton Beers, who's an offensive lineman who was committed to North Dakota State and was overlooked by the Badgers and won the uh, all-conference lineman of the year in the same conference as the number one recruit uh, in, the, in the state of Wisconsin. They shared that award, uh, and the Gophers were able to flip him to Minnesota. And that guy is certainly considered kind of a diamond in the rough, a guy that maybe has been overlooked in the class, but they feel like he's a, you know, he has the attributes, the size, the toughness, the mindset, the the grittiness to play on the offensive line. And, and if North Dakota State can have more uh, offensive linemen drafted than the Gophers have had in recent years, if they're able to get guys like Trey Lance, uh, then the Gophers need to do a better job of, of taking chances on people that if they feel like they can play at the Big Ten level, uh, that they do pull the trigger and, and not be shied away yeah. from, oh, this guy doesn't have very many Power 5 offers. This is going to be a guy that's going to bring down our class ranking. If they feel like he can play, uh, then bring him in, and that's what they did with Austin Beers out of Wisconsin, who was going to NDSU up until a couple of weeks ago. Andy Gritty joining us from the Pioneer Press, covers Golden Goals, Gopher Sports, and Minnesota United FC online at TwinCities.com. Uh, bowl game coming up rapidly, and they're going to be in Phoenix after the ho- after Christmas uh, to take on West Virginia. And, and I can think of much worse spots to be <laughs> in the United States and Phoenix in late December. Uh, my, my daughter went to college down in Arizona. I yeah. love visiting in October, November, December, January, February. The weather's spectacular. So yeah. Gopher fans want to get away. Phoenix is pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, coming from a beat writer that has spent two bowl trips <laughs> uh, in Detroit. Yeah. I can tell you I'm very grateful uh, yeah. for being able to go to another warm-weather destination. Uh, Detroit's a great city. Uh, it's just cold, and it's quiet downtown Detroit uh, around the holidays. Uh, so I, I'm thankful that they uh, are going to a nice destination. I was yeah. not looking forward to the chance of them playing in the Pinstripe Bowl and in cold New York in the open-air press box at Yankee Stadium. I was hoping that they wouldn't go there. So, yeah, I think Phoenix will be a great opportunity. I look forward to you know, going uh, going up Camelback. You know, there's a great pizza place that I like there. There's some Frank Lloyd Wright uh, kind of museums and, and designed hotels. And I, I heard there's a great uh, biological garden there. So I'm looking forward to some other things uh, besides the bowl game. And, yeah, I think the weather-wise, uh, it's going to be a, a pretty good turnout. The Gophers have a 4,000-ticket allotment. They don't feel like that will be a, an issue for them. Uh, they've got 6,000 alums in the Phoenix area. Oh, uh, there's yeah. obviously a lot of Minnesota snowbirds in that area as well. Uh, so I'd imagine that they'll, they'll have maybe two or three times as many people as, as who is going to be coming from West Virginia for a 6-6 six and six Mountaineers team. 
so yeah, I think it'll be a great setting. Uh, there's going to be some some events around the bowl game that the Gophers are doing, and and yeah, I think if they're able to get around some of the huge airfares that I saw uh, a couple weeks ago, this could be good. I saw Sun Country also open up a bunch of flights or a couple of flights to try to provide opportunities for Gopher fans to be able to get down there just because they weren't going to do a charter. Uh, so yeah, if you're able to have the means and and wherewithal to be able to get down there, uh, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, Tuesday, December 28th, and that'll be at the ballpark downtown as well. Won't be out uh, in in Glendale, uh, the Arizona Cardinals Stadium, so it'll be uh, downtown in the ballpark uh, against West Virginia, right? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. It'll be, you know, I'm not a huge fan of soccer games or or football games in baseball stadiums. I I think it's better in its own environment, but it could be kind of quirky could be kind of fun uh, to kind of check off another stadium and and uh, see how they do it uh, at the guaranteed rate bowl. Yeah, when I've flown into Phoenix, sometimes the roof's been open, sometimes it's been closed. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do for, for that game at uh, Chase Field, I believe, in downtown Phoenix. Um, we, we talked about recruiting, but P.J. Fleck got some good news because he's going to have a veteran group coming back for next season. There's a lot of guys that have decided to, to come back and play another year in the maroon and gold, Andy. And that that's probably the biggest story we've we've heard in recent weeks is that more and more players are saying, yeah, I, w- I want to give it another go. Yeah, there are four guys on offense that have yep. said that they're coming back for a sixth season. I think the, the biggest and most important one is that is John Michael Schmidt, an all-Big Ten-level center uh, that's going to be coming back. And I think really surprised some – NFL draft people that he was not going to the NFL because they felt like he certainly had a mid uh, mid round grade to be able to be taken kind of around that region. And the Gophers are losing three, if not four, offensive linemen. So to be able to keep the center, the guy that's responsible for the line calls and kind of the continuity piece there is huge for this offensive line. We're still waiting to see what Blaze Andrews does, if he goes to the NFL or not. But P.J. kind of alluded to the fact that they're going to have to replace four offensive linemen. So that's that's huge for them. Chris Altman-Bell also said he's coming back. The wide receiver position is as, hasn't been very consistent behind Kraft, and his return is, is going to be huge. Now, Tanner Morgan said that he's coming back for a sixth season. I was able to break that story after the, after the Wisconsin game. And Mo Ibrahim uh, is also coming back. Uh, he's coming back from a ruptured Achilles, uh, which is going to be tricky. Uh, we'll see how healthy he's able to be and for how long uh, next season as he kind of prepares for his next steps in the NFL. But, yeah, P.J. Fleck called him the encore four all on the offensive side of the ball, and that will be huge for a team that that wants to contend for the West again next year. Yeah, and uh, if Mo is able to get anywhere near 100%, that, that that's going to be huge and be a huge benefit for Tanner Morgan, who goes into this bowl game and then goes into that sixth season as a golden goal for quarterback. Frankly, Andy, with a lot to prove, he, he's picked up a lot of critics, particularly this season. Yeah, for sure. There's no doubt that he has not been consistent enough uh, in the biggest games. If you look at their losses, the, the play of the Gophers passing game is the number one reason why they lost those games. The defense was still strong in those games for the most part. So, yeah, I think, you know, they, they fired Mike Sanford Jr. and brought back Kirk Shiraka, who was the offensive coordinator in Tanner Morgan's best season in 2019. And they want to see if they can bring some of that magic back that, that they had a couple of years ago. And we'll be able to find out 
you know, it was always kind of messy to try to figure out what was really ailing the Gophers passing game. If it was PJ Flex, you know, conservative approach, if it was Mike Sanford's play calling and game plan with, with fellow offensive coordinator, uh, Matt Simon, was it Tanner Morgan's play? Was it drops from the wide receivers? It, it was, uh, it was a very soupy, uncooked Chicago style deep dish pie, if you will, <laughs> in how they, uh, how they weren't able to kind of figure out where the problems were. So with bringing Kirk Shiraka back, that eliminates the offensive coordinator uh, issues, uh, and we'll find out how much of it was on Tanner Morgan and how much of it was Mike Sanford and P.J. Fleck, and, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go next year uh, with, uh, with a new coordinator and, and uh, Tanner Morgan back. Andy Gritter joining us from the Pioneer Press, talking Golden Goal for sports. Uh, football team getting ready for the bowl game. They'll be in Phoenix after Christmas, uh, between Christmas and New Year's, and take on West Virginia. Golden Gold for men's hoops right now in the holiday break. Final exams. Uh, they get back at it. Uh, again, actually, they, they've got a game coming up against Green Bay on the 22nd. Then they have a week off Alcorn State before they jump back into the Big Ten on January 2nd at the barn. So far, so good for Ben Johnson. They survived a scare beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi, but the win at Michigan, um, this is a surprise because the thought was, okay, it's a patchwork roster, first-year head coach, it's going to be a long year, but this this team has exceeded all expectations. Yeah, no doubt. I think the fact that they're sitting at 9-1 and 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 are kind of in the NCAA tournament, Way too early bracketology uh, shows you that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is this is beyond the expectations of this team because I think they have 12 new players. They've got a handful of, of key players that are transfers from mid-major schools that are stepping up in level and, and uh, are producing at the Big Ten level. And I think Jamison Battle is probably the biggest, most important player that the Gophers have had. He's shown himself to be not just a three-point shooter uh, but a scorer. Uh, a leader, somebody that, that is putting an effort on the defensive end. I think what's interesting about this team, and, and Ben Johnson has talked about it, is they've got a, a needle that they have to thread every game because they're not going to be the, the deepest team. They're not going to be the most talented team. So they got to play smarter. they got to take care of the ball. they gotta just, uh, they got to share the ball. they got to have ball movement. They've got to be smart defensively. they got to mix up their, their coverages and kind of – throw different things at teams. And we saw that uh, in that Michigan game. We saw that at Michigan State. We saw that at Mississippi State. Uh, we saw that at Pitt. Those are their four biggest games, and they've won three of them. And they've been smart with the ball. They've, they've hit their shots. They're a much better shooting team than what we had to deal with last year, which was incredibly frustrating for anybody that, that saw the worst shooting team in the Big Ten shoot the most three-pointers. It was puzzling beyond belief, and Richard Pitino allowed it to happen uh, at an egregious rate. And we don't see that because this team has shooters and they've knocked them down. And it's been encouraging to see how they rally behind the fact that they're underdogs. I think everybody saw that this team was, was picked to finish last in the Big Ten and with this patchwork roster, like you said. So to have a Big Ten win on the road, a place they haven't won in Ann Arbor in, in a decade, uh, to win a couple non-conference, uh, you know, high major wins at Pitt and, and Mississippi State, is very, very encouraging. Now, I had to endure that Texas A&M Corpus Christi game where they threw the ball all over the gym and had, you know, 28 turnovers. 
and we're lucky right. to get away with that one because again they shot the ball pretty well so it's it's a work in progress but uh, we see a standard here now that that they're going to play by certain attributes and they're going to be competitive yeah and i i think that that's all anyone can ask and the the win at michigan you know, even if they don't win another game on the road in the Big Ten this year, that 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 was fun to watch. They they played a beautiful game and executed a game plan, and uh, happy for the program uh, for sure. So once again, to look at that schedule, uh, they got Green Bay coming up on the twenty second, then a week off, and then they jump into the Big Ten, and then we'll see. Once the grind to the Big Ten, final thought, Andy, is is that really when you'll get an idea? Of, of what this team has, night in and night out, home and road in the Big Ten, because it is a grind. Yeah, for sure, and they're not deep. You know, they've got yep. six, seven, maybe eight guys, and they play a lot of heavy minutes in big games. Jameson Battle doesn't come off the field uh, or off the court. Peyton Willis barely comes off the court. Yep. Uh, they ask a lot from a lot of guys. Eric Curry, who's in his sixth year, they ask a lot of him. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to stay healthy. Uh, they're going to have to keep threading that needle. Uh, they're going to have to get something more from their bench. Hopefully at certain times, Sean Sutherland's been a nice spark, a nice six man. Uh, but after that, it gets pretty thin pretty quickly. So, yeah, once those games start to add up and you're playing, you know, Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday uh, with two of those on the road and you're playing heavy minutes and it's physical, uh, it can be really difficult. And I've seen teams uh, struggle with that schedule when they don't have the, the depth uh, like they did at the end of the Patino era as well. So, yeah, I think uh, we're seeing uh, encouraging signs. Uh, we're seeing some some quality wins on the recruiting trail. Uh, to finish up maybe with that is that Ben Johnson has four commits coming in next year, three from the state of Minnesota and uh, a, a guard from California at this point. And it's going to be a whole new roster again next year. That's the crazy part. I think they got seven or eight seniors. So uh, Jamison Battle will be back and some of the other guys uh, younger guys, but a lot of the key players, there's going to be a lot of turnover as they go into next year as well. Yeah, and, and then there's always the wild card, the transfer portal. And... Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. They, they've they been successful uh, with that this last year with Jamison Battle and Sean Sutherland and EJ Stevens and Luke Lowy. Uh, you know, a lot of key players, they've, they've hit on a lot of them. So if they're able to have even half of that success rate, I think really bodes well for for plugging and playing and trying to be competitive as you as you build it through recruiting uh, high school kids as well. Well, Andy, always good to visit with you. Uh, if we don't visit uh, before the holiday, Merry Christmas and uh, safe travels to Phoenix. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Hope to talk to you soon. All right, there he is, Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press Online, TwinCities.com, covers Golden Gopher Sports and Minnesota United FC. 525, quick break. We'll get some of those sports headlines. Uh the Vikings wave a player after practice today as they get ready for the Bears on Monday night. We'll have that story in a moment here on News Talk. E3-L-O-W-C-C-O. That was the case last night. I, I was coming home from a ball game, Forest Lake and Mounds View, and it started snowing, and I'm thinking to myself, I, I kind of knew it was going to snow, and then I wake up this morning and I had to shovel. I was not expecting that. So we'll have more on the weather coming up. In a moment here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. 16 degrees, our winds out of the northwest at 9. Our wind chill stands at 5 above. Viking news today as they get ready for the Bears on Monday night at Soldier Field in Chicago. 
Bashad Breeland, gone, waved. The eight-year cornerback got a Clemson. Uh, apparently, according to a number of reports, had a run-in with coaches today at practice. And then players tried to intervene and calm things down. He had a run-in with them. Bashad Breeland, gone. An unusual move. Veteran player in a playoff push. Uh, the Vikings' conventional wisdom is need to win three out of four. At Chicago, home to L.A., on the road at Green Bay, home to Chicago to close it out, need three of four. Some COVID issues with the Vikings and Bears, but uh, the show must go on. Uh, 7-15 start on ESPN. I have heard this game will be on ABC, so if you're a YouTube TV subscriber and don't get the Disney channels, the, the Disney corporate family channels, that includes ABC programming. That includes all the ESPN channels and then some of the other Disney channels. You don't get that on YouTube TV anymore. It's all you need is an antenna to pull in. Uh, the game will be on ABC uh, Channel 5 on Monday night. That is my understanding at this moment in time. And send me a text if that's not correct, but that is my understanding that the game will be on over-the-air TV on Monday night. So if you have YouTube TV and right now aren't getting the ESPNs, don't fret. Uh, Quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk Timberwolves. Big win over the L.A. Lakers. That late, late start last night didn't matter. No Anthony Edwards didn't matter. Cat had a big night. Cal Soderquist from the Timberwolves Radio Network will join us. We'll talk about that. And the Timberwolves all of a sudden on an upswing. They've won three in a row after, at times, an ugly five-game losing streak. So the roller coaster ride continues for the Timberwolves. We'll get into that with Cal following the weather here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Just like that, the Timberwolves are on a roll. They beat the L.A. Lakers in a late game Friday night at Target Center, 110-92. Tom Hanneman night. Uh, The media room uh, named after the late Tom Hanneman. Uh, long-time Timberwolves broadcaster, just a great night, great tribute at the half last night, uh, terrific job. Uh, Cal Soderquist joins us, hosts of pregame, halftime, and postgame on the Timberwolves radio network, and uh, the the interview with Jim Peterson that that uh, I heard uh, pregame last night was, was terrific. The tribute at the half was just terrific, uh, just just a wonderful tribute. Let's start there, Cal, uh, to Tom Hanneman. Yeah, we, we tried to do what we could to to honor Tom and, and honor his memory and legacy. Um, obviously, you know, Alan and I were both very fortunate to interact with, with Tom quite a bit. Uh, when I started with the team as an intern back in 2010, um, I'm sure people have heard dozens of these stories by now, but he really did treat me just like all of his other colleagues. And, you know, he would stop to ask how, you, how you're doing, how's your family, how's school, all of those things. Um, and, you know, throughout the course of working with the Wolves and working part-time with the Twins when he kind of transitioned into that studio host role, um, I really got to know Tom pretty well. And, and he was just a one-of-a-kind human in terms of his kindness and generosity and and also his humor. Um, so we, we tried to do what we could uh, on the radio broadcast last night. I thought Marnie did an excellent job hosting the halftime tribute. Um, I also got to catch 
a little bit of the the dedication of the media room in the afternoon, and uh, we, we got some great words from from Marnie, from Jim Pete, uh, from Tom's son Kyle, and, and a couple other members of his family. Um, so it was cool to see that, and, and I think it's you know to have a media room named after you. Some people maybe don't get the full uh, grasp of this, but obviously, you know, in a, in a given league, there were only, you know, 30 of these media workrooms in the NBA for, for each team in each arena. Um, and not all of them are, are named after a broadcaster. You know, you, you need to have reached sort of a special place in that team's history uh, to earn that, that respect or, or that privilege. Um, and obviously Tom qualifies for that. So it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Um, and, and hopefully everyone, you know, hopefully what it brings about it more than anything else is maybe everyone gets to keep sharing stories of how they got to personally uh, interact with him or, or, you know, they had a moment in passing, all of that stuff. I think we got a lot of that great stuff with, like you mentioned, the Jim Pete pregame interview, um, Chad joining Allen right. for the entirety of the second quarter. I thought that was awesome to hear those two guys just kind of have a free-flowing conversation. We actually put the whole – second quarter up on our soundcloud page uh, at soundcloud.com slash wolves dash radio and everyone can find that there so yeah overall i thought a great night to kind of pay tribute and remember tom yeah and uh speaking of chad that that was terrific uh, chad with uh with with alan of course and then chad earlier in the day had a chance to visit uh with 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 kevin harlan as well and that that was just uh, terrific so a lo- lot of good stuff around tom hanneman and i will just say this all the times i bumped into hanny over the years and I- i'm just a part-time radio guy here in the twin cities and he always greeted me like an old friend and <laughs> that always made me feel good and uh, he he had that knack and and that that is a rare human being where where he, he treats everyone the same and treats everyone so great, and and that was certainly Tom Hanneman. Uh, Timberwolves on an upswing, Cal. Um, just uh, amazing the roller coaster ride. They get off to the three and one start, the win over the Bucks, and they drop six in a row, and, and some really bad games in there. And then they're on an upswing, and then all of a sudden they drop five games in a row and look really bad against Cleveland at home on a Friday night. Then they go on the road. They beat Portland. They beat Denver. They come home and beat the L.A. Lakers. Cat was terrific in spite of the fact that Anthony Edwards was in the health and safety protocols. Um, it, it, it has been a roller coaster ride for sure. It, it certainly has. I think you need to, you know, every couple games you need to double-check your, your safety belts and make sure that you're strapped in. To ride in terms, you know, you mentioned some of those stretches, and you could kind of isolate each stretch, either the, the winning streaks or the losing streaks, and, and you could make arguments for, well, you know, this was the, the low point in the team season. You mentioned that loss last Friday to the Cleveland Cavaliers. At, at times, that felt like a, a new low point in terms of uh, how the team played and just kind of the morale and what we heard from guys. Um, but then they go out on the road and beat two divisional opponents and, and come back home against a pretty good Laker team. You know, not, not necessarily that same title contender uh, that won it all a couple of years ago. Um, but with no Anthony Edwards, you know, you mentioned he went into the health and safety protocols. I thought that was such a bummer that, you know, the, the national TV audience, it was the Wolves' first game on national TV this season. 
uh, and they were robbed of the chance to get to see Ant, and he was coming off a monster game in Denver, the 35 points, 10 made triples. Um, so hopefully he gets you know a very speedy recovery and can rejoin the team as fast as safely possible. But yeah, the team played well, shorthanded, you know, against a Laker team that's dealing with some of the same stuff. Um, but I, I think now for the Wolves, it's a matter of you know they've had these up and down roller coaster type stretches. Can you start to to bottle up and and sustain more of this you know positive play and whatever try to identify as best you can what is working and and how you're able to duplicate these good performances and then keep it going instead of falling back into, you know, another four or five game losing streak where everyone's hanging their heads and it's not a lot of fun. Um, That's, that's kind of the next level of the, of the development for this team. And you're absolutely right. And, and that that's part of some of these young players maturing and knowing what it takes night in and night out. And I also think, though, players falling into roles and in, in understanding what, what their job is. And, and one guy who's moved into a super important role, and that's Jared Vanderbilt. Four points, but 16 monster rebounds. I mean, it was huge for the Timberwolves. And having someone that's willing to, if you will, do the dirty work on both ends of the floor – that's huge. Oh, 100%. And you mentioned the 16 rebounds. It's one of those deals where you need to watch a game, and often you need to even watch the game closely to really fully grasp uh, all the ways that Vando can impact winning for the Wolves. You know, it's not going to always show up in the box scores. The 16 boards jumps out at you, but the, the Knights aren't always like that in terms of the numbers. Uh, but the impact is still there. The energy and the effort and the ability to create, you know, second and third chances on possessions. Um, it was great to hear him, you know, last night after the win. Um, someone kind of asked him how he values those offensive boards. And he, he essentially said he considers them points. You know, when other guys are having great scoring nights, Vando basically looks at those old boards and the, again, the second and third chances for his team. And those are like his points. He's, he's trying to, to get those. And to have a guy like that that really has that genuine unselfishness, um, he's not going to demand the ball. He's not going to be looking for his own shot. And he knows and, and is able to wrap his head around how valuable that role is. He's still just as valuable on any given night as Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Edwards or D'Angelo Russell. Um, but, he, but he does it differently. So it's, it's really impressive. I think the Wolves got – to be honest, pretty lucky that no one else, um, you know, courted him all that seriously during his restricted free agency last summer uh, because they got a steal and being able to bring him back. It, it wasn't a work of art last night, the, the Timberwolves and the Lakers. I, I, I think uh, it, it was a struggle for both teams to, to shoot the ball. Uh the Lakers have had a lot of well-documented COVID-19 issues. They do have a very old roster. Alan talked about the oldest roster in the NBA, and it's not even close. Um, but Carl Anthony Towns, in, with Anthony Edwards in the health and safety protocols, stepped up. I, I don't know if you can say it was his best game of the year. It might have been his most important game of the year so far. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, especially when you consider, you know, everyone kind of had that mentality of, oh, man, ants out, you know, what are we going to get from this team? You know, are they going to take another sort of regressive step back against the Laker team that's that's playing 
well of late, um, and and Cat came out right out of the gate. I think he had eight points in the first three or four minutes. He had ten in that opening frame, twenty three in the first half when his entire team had you know just fifty something. Um, so he set the tone, and I think continuing to play with that aggressiveness, he was looking for his own shot, and doing that throughout those first two quarters then kind of allowed his teammates to get into more of a rhythm, to get more comfortable, and to kind of feed off of his aggressiveness and sort of follow his lead. So I thought that was, like you said, it's maybe not the most impressive statistical performance, but it was one of the most needed for his team uh, so far this season, and he really stepped up. All right, Timberwolves have to uh, turn the page up next. Uh, Heavy dose of the Mavericks. Yeah, it'll be interesting. No no Luka Doncic. Uh, Mavs head coach Jason Kidd already confirmed that Luka won't travel. Uh, it's just a little one-game trip for the Mavs because, like you said, both teams will actually turn around and head to Dallas uh, for a, a rematch on Tuesday night. So maybe we'll see Luka in that one. Um, certainly sort of a bummer for fans that you know wanted to come out to Target Center and see him, but at the same time, a great opportunity for the Wolves to kind of keep this thing rolling against a Mavs team that is, is kind of struggling. You know, they made the coaching change um, in, in the offseason. Rick Carlisle, I, I think officially he, he was stepping away, or maybe the, the both sides sort of agreed to part ways. But in comes Jason Kidd. There was supposedly, you know, some uh, disagreements and discontent between Carlisle and, and Luca. And obviously this is the way of the league now. You have to try to keep those guys happy. Okay. Um, and so we'll see if, you know, it, it seems like they're kind of just treading water right now in the Western Conference. And I know there's a lot of pressure on Luka eventually. He still has yet to win a playoff series. He's still obviously very young. He's got a lot of great years in front of him, to be sure. But I think slowly that pressure, now when you get a coaching change that seemingly was at least in part because of, of your, uh, you know, things you wanted, I think that pressure will slowly start to mount on him. So we won't see him Sunday. Great chance for the Wolves, though, to, to keep the winning streak rolling. And then maybe Luca's back in that rematch on Tuesday. Yeah, and it could be fun. Cat, uh, Kristaps Porzingis uh, going at it down low. That that could be intriguing. That's true. Yeah, we, we, we linked those two guys because uh, in, in terms of being in the same draft class, and you know, they, they obviously have such unique skill sets for big men. Um, and, and both are very important for what their teams are trying to do. So, yeah, that, that's a good uh, good matchup to keep an eye on on Sunday. All right. Well, Cal, always good to visit with you. Uh, great job. Pre-game, halftime, post-game on the Timberwolves Radio Network. And you hear him throughout the season. And, once again, always good to visit with you, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, Steve. All right, there he is, Cal Soderquist. And, of course, each and every Timberwolves game, he turns it over to Alan Horton, who is as good as there is in the association calling games. And he called a good one late last night. Timberwolves beat the Lakers 110-92. to Cat a big game. Jared Vanderbilt huge on the board. 16 rebounds. And the Timberwolves get it done. They've all of a sudden won three in a row. Can they keep it going against Dallas and once again, that game tomorrow night, pregame 6.30, tip just after 7 o'clock. Geraldine will follow the game here on the home of the Timberwolves. News Talk, E3OWCCO. Quick break. We'll put a wrap on the show here at News Talk, E3OWCCO. Steve Thompson in. Kerry Clatt is our producer. I like the old school stuff. 
I I don't know. So, so, some of the newer Christmas songs, okay, but uh, you, you get the old school Christmas songs. I, I, I'm all in on the, on that sort of thing. And uh, happy holidays to you. Uh, we'll be off next Saturday. Uh, for Christmas Day, and then return in the new year in a couple of weeks here on News Talk, E3O, WCCO. Big thanks to Carrie Clatt, our producer, as well. She does an outstanding job keeping this thing out of the ditch every Saturday. I will be sitting in for Henry Lake a couple of nights this week, uh, Monday night and Wednesday night. Uh, Henry's got some time off. And then Thursday night, following the Timberwolves game. So uh, I'll be in a few times this week. But uh, no show next Saturday. And Christmas Eve, Friday, Friday night. And then all day Saturday on Christmas Day, we we have a great lineup of holiday programming. I think you're really going to enjoy it here on News Talk, E3OWCC. And we'll still keep you an eye on uh, the news and weather. But uh, the good news is uh, the weather appears to be quiet if you plan to travel uh, later in the week. And over the holiday weekend, uh, one of the big stories in sports, Tiger Woods returns to the golf course after that near fatal car accident. Uh, he is back playing with his son, Charlie, in the PNC championship. This is the old father son. And now it's uh, open to not only PGA Tour players, but LPGA Tour players and uh, Nelly Corda teeing it up in this event. And playing with her dad, I believe. And she is at nine under par, just four off the lead. Uh, Team Sink, led by Stuart Sink, playing with his son at 13 under par. Uh, John Daly is one back, along with Justin Thomas. Thomas is playing with his dad, Daly with his son. (laughs) John Daly, I haven't seen him in a while. John Daly being John Daly. He he has almost a James Harden beard going right now. If you get a chance to go to PGATour.com, see some of the highlights from today, or or tune in tomorrow. Uh, the PNC is on NBC this weekend. <laughs> what a beard John Daly's got going. It, it is quite a look. But uh, what, what a syrupy swing. What a talent. John Daly. And if John Daly hadn't had all those ups and downs, you have to wonder how many majors he would have won. Uh, Jack Nicklaus not playing. Uh, he's been a regular participant in this event over the years, but Jack not not playing. Uh, and he's played with a couple of his sons over the years in this one. But uh, there it is. Uh, Sink on top. Daly and Thomas one back. Sing two back. Faldo, Player, Lehman, Tom Lehman and his son playing, Matt Kuchar, Henrik Stenson, uh, and his son, his young son, Tiger Woods, and his young son, all in that group at 10 under par. Should be a fun and finish tomorrow on the PGA Tour. All quiet, though, with the Wild and the Timberwolves. Things quiet over at the U uh, here in the Twin Cities. And the Vikes don't play tomorrow. They don't go again until Monday. Bashad Breeland. Waived today by the Vikings, apparently a run-in with coaches and players at practice today, and they have sent him on his way. The Vikes, slight favorites in Chicago on Monday night. Weather should not be a factor 
for that one. Speaking of the weather, let's do it one more time. Here in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, 16 degrees. Our winds right now out of the northwest at 9. Our dew point sits at uh, 8 above, and our wind chill at 5 above. Well, thanks for tuning in today. Big thanks to all our guests. Really had a great show today, and uh, people taking time out of their day. Doug Swinhart, Tech Talk, Dane Mizutani, Jeff Kolpak, Fargo Forum, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, uh, Steve Carney, Kyle McDonald, Forest Lake Head Coach, Twins President Dave St. Peter, Andy Greeter, Cal Soderquist, thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.